0: This is Edward Mazur, President Emeritus of the City Club of Chicago. Our speaker today was the Chicago Public Library Commissioner Chris Brown. The Chicago Public Library or CPL is the largest municipal library in the United States. It's also the largest provider of literacy programs and free broadband throughout the entire 50 United States. The CPL has 81 locations in 77 neighborhoods. And the commissioner said the quality of the Chicago Public Library is a reflection of municipal, urban, and individual values. Commissioner Brown focused in on 2023, which will be the 150th year anniversary of the Chicago Public Library system. That began with 8,000 books given to the city of Chicago by Queen Victoria following the Great Chicago Fire of 1871. The commissioner indicated that the library has been fine-free since 2019, and this has resulted in a 25% increase in circulation, he believes. There are Sunday hours at all 81 locations. Christian Brown talked about new facilities in Chinatown, Little Italy, and Rogers Park. The goal of the library he said has changed dramatically over time. Today, part of their goal, an important part, is to bring resources to neighborhoods and aid in neighborhood revitalization. He talked about the fact that in the summer of 2022, the library provided 30,000 summer meals to students and has distributed more than 1,000 Norcam kits, which have an impact on drug utilization in the city of Chicago. He also mentioned how the library is involved in seeing that books of every type are open to all of the members who use the library. The American Library Association has faced 729 attempted bans this year, almost 1,600 titles, but the Chicago Public Library will not prevent anyone from obtaining or reading any books. He finished up by saying the mission of the Chicago Public Library is freedom to read, freedom to learn, and freedom to discover. Christopher Brown, the commissioner of the Chicago Public Library.
1: This is normally the time where I would do an introduction, but Amy told the mayor that she had to do a little something even though she's not here. It was a joke.
2: So, I'm hopefully going to do this right. Hello everyone, I'm Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot and I'm excited to have the opportunity to talk about our amazing public library system and the leaders and staff who make it a reality. The city is committed to eliminating poverty and removing barriers to opportunity. There is no doubt that the Chicago Public Library System is one of the most essential components to this strategy. And with Commissioner Brown at the helm, a tremendous thought leader, and accomplished library professional, I could not be more excited about the future of the library. Commissioner Brown and his team of dedicated staff have done an incredible job of partnering with other city departments and agencies to reach our residents where they are, and position CPL as one of the most renowned library systems in the country. With facilities in each of our 77 neighborhoods, CPL serves as a connector for each community area. CPL provides essential programs and spaces that are free and accessible to all. Chicago Public Libraries is the largest provider of free early literacy programs and free broadband and transports us to worlds and ideas far away from our own through the thousands and thousands of books in its collection. So much of the library's programming empowers our next generation, especially our most vulnerable youth. Under Commissioner Brown's leadership, our libraries are truly uplifting our communities and strengthening our city. Thank you. And with that, it's now my pleasure to hand over the mic to Chicago Public Library Commissioner Chris Brown. Give him a hearty welcome. Thank you,
1: Jackie. Okay, I'm leaving now, so I don't <laughs> miss any more
2: button. Yeah, and a thank
3: you to our mayor for that introduction. Um, you know, she's mentioned numerous times how powerful a role libraries played in her childhood. And I like to think about young Lori Lightfoot going into the library, meeting those librarians, and that they saw something in her, because that's the mission of libraries, to see something in the people who come in our doors. I wanna thank our Chicago leaders. The quality of a library is really a reflection of our city's values, of our commitment as Chicago. And as an international leader, CPL reflects this world-class civic commitment. With leaders like our First Lady, Amy Eshelman, who served as a library leader for nearly two decades. Our many aldermen who show so much pride in our 81 locations. Our commissioners and civic leaders, Commissioner Arfa, I see you and looking forward to your talk. And our partners who join CPL to connect Chicagoans to resources right in their neighborhood libraries. I also wanna thank our our. Board of Director, Vice President, Chris Valenti, for being here, our board member, Sandra Delgado, and our foundation board chair, Bob Wislow, and President Brenda langstrat Bowie. It's this city's commitment, coupled with our foundation, that allow us to boast one of the finest libraries in the world. I also want to thank my, my, uh, <laughs> it's like me mad dog in the camera. I, I never would have thought I would have become a librarian, but th- there it is. I'm, I'm sharing this photo because, not because I'm in it, but it's, it's the people behind me and, and to the side of me. So my great grandparents, Mary and Sebastian and Asano, lived in Stockton, California where they worked as farm laborers, as organizers, and as community leaders. Their home was the Filipino neighborhood of Little Manila. But unfortunately, that neighborhood was bulldozed to make way for freeway development. And it's a sad story, but it left me with a lesson that I haven't been able to forget, that our collective decisions have impacts for generations and that we have to center the people being impacted by what we do. It's why I'm so proud to work in libraries in a field that centers people and their development. And this next year, as we gear up for our 150th anniversary, I wanna share some of the stories that have, some of the stories about the people that have shaped our Chicago Public Library. The people who've had their lives improved by our library and how we're centering our next generation of leaders in today's decisions. One of those first civic leaders wasn't even a Chicagoan. So after the great Chicago fire, Queen Victoria rallies her fellow Britons, they donate 8,000 books, which became our first public library collection, housed in a humble water tower. And it's a civic commitment that stretches from this origin story to the establishment of our our library foundation by Cindy Pritzker, to Mayor Lightfoot, and to the people in this room. Thanks to the support of these leaders, we are positioned to lead from the library through connections, empowerment, inspiration, and imagination. Which brings me back to our incredible library staff Everything that I talk about today is only made possible through their dedication. Together, they make over 46 million annual engagements possible. So that's smiling babies at story times, books being borrowed, websites being visited, and safe spaces for out-of-school time for our students. It's this team of hundreds of library staff, our ones watching, that makes sure everyone including this next generation, has their library story. I ask you to please join me in giving a round of applause for our team. Their commitment is illustrated in hundreds of library stories that have emerged over the past 150 years. Stories like Henry Legler, So he was our visionary leader in the early 20th century who had a vision for walkable access in every neighborhood of Chicago. It's a vision that we make good on today that we take advantage of, and it means walkable connections to free broadband, early literacy support, out-of-school time programs, and tutoring. And we keep looking for ways to build on that vision In 2019, we became the largest library in the country to go find free. So this was part of a larger effort. Yep, you can clap for that one. This was part of a larger effort by our city and library to remove barriers to access, especially for youth and low-income neighborhoods. And this decision mattered. So at the time when we put this policy into place one in four youth who had a library card had a blocked account, right? That meant that they couldn't take advantage of that vision Legler had. And as we instituted that policy, over 100,000 youth had those blocks removed with a transformative result of a 25% increase in circulation throughout our libraries. Again, we call that access. During the pandemic, we also added Sunday hours at all 81 locations, which is a big feat in any time to add a day of operation to an organization to do it in the pandemic is phenomenal. Again, this is about access. When in the pandemic, people needed broadband, student resources, government and health services, not six days a week, but every day. Also in the, in the pandemic, our kids needed to stay connected to the joy of reading, so our librarians and our foundation created Live from the Library with celebrity readers like Oprah and the Obamas, uh, Chicago Bears legend Israel Adonijah, and Chicagoans tuned in, but so did the rest of the world. Over 37 countries joined us with millions of views, and again, it speaks to the the generosity of our civic leaders because generosity knows no bounds with the pandemic hopefully in our rearview mirror we're working to reconnect in person and to support that community engagement our library and front foundation are announcing a new funding initiative called community connections making sure that our staff have the resources to engage people in their neighborhood like purchasing fun bibliobikes, children's kinesthetic learning tools for different learning modalities, creating a library of things like kitchen appliances and household tools to lend the things that people need. And we're introducing initiatives that reimagine what a library can be, like through the design of new spaces, our capital projects add to our world-class Chicago architecture. We've come a long way from that water tower. But this is about more than beautiful spaces. Recent studies have shown that these capital projects result in double-digit increases in use. That's a 20% increase in visitation, borrowing, attendance by children at events, and that the kids in those neighborhoods perform better on standardized tests Furthermore, that those results last for a full decade after our investment. That's my plug for us to get more new libraries. (laughs) The second way we reimagine is through our service models. So this is our Altgeld library. It's our fourth co-location with the Chicago Housing Authority. And it's been gaining national attention for delivering whole-of-family support services. It's in a site... Located in a housing project on the south side, in a neighborhood with the highest poverty rate in our city, and is the first co location to include a child care center because that's what our residents need. It also has a city bill kiosk, a U Media teen space, student recording studio, maker lab, dedicated early learning spaces for children, study rooms for students. Community meeting rooms. We're bringing resources within greater proximity to under-resourced families, preparing them for school success. Again, in a neighborhood with the highest poverty rate, we're demonstrating how libraries and city departments can spur neighborhood revitalization. A big piece of that revitalization is investing in people, um, adding to our safety and wellness. So as part of the mayor's whole-of-government approach to safety, we're adding teen programming staff to the 15 most challenging safety beats in Chicago, so there's always out-of-school time programs and outreach for those youth. We're providing jobs through One Summer Chicago, planning murals to beautify spaces, and partnering with Greater Chicago Food Depository to provide meals to those who need them. Just last year, we we provided over 30,000 summer meals at dozens of libraries. And we're partnering with the Department of Public Health, launching a Narcan distribution program to save lives of those impacted by the opioid crisis, reducing the stigma surrounding addiction. We haven't yet finished out the year, but we've already distributed over 1,000 Narcan kits that life-saving overdose reversal medication. We're reimagining the ways that libraries can respond to need. We're also thinking about our most vulnerable. In a partnership with our public health department, we're adding a mental health clinician to bring expertise in community engagement, service coordination, direct clinical support and training for staff because there are needs these are the needs of the people in our city. We're called on to do a lot because of the diverse needs of Chicagoans. Of course, all of these services they depend on people seeing themselves in their library, represented in our spaces and services. and we create this connection through storytelling, programming and art. We've long been at the forefront of advocating for diverse voices. So in 1932, when we opened our George Cleveland Hall branch in Bronzeville, our first African-American branch director, Vivian G. Harsh, challenged CPL to respond to the racial and socioeconomic needs of Bronzeville residents. Harsh and the children's librarian Charlemagne Hill Rollins became known on a national level for, for acquiring and providing access to African-American literature that was free of racial and ethnic distortion. These are some vanguard librarians. In the 40s, they were writing letters to the American Library Association saying, you have to do better. We need to make sure that where we host our conferences are welcoming to all. And these are stories that all of our city can be proud of and will be celebrating this next year. This legacy continues today with our One Book, One Chicago program going strong for over 20 years. I think we've all seen the news, the amount of book banning and challenging that's happening throughout our country. Just this past year, the American Library Association reported more than 700 attempted bans of over 1,500 individual titles. These are primarily books celebrating BIPOC, and LGBTQIA voices, and as one of the most diverse cities in our country, we're doubling down on our freedom to read. This year, we're promoting... Oh, thank you. <laughs> we're promoting books and authors facing censorship, selecting one of the most frequently challenged books, Mouse by Art spiegelman as this year's One Book, One Chicago. Right? It's widely hailed as one of the greatest graphic novels ever written, recounting the experience of the author's father during the Holocaust. We're thrilled to have Spiegelman in conversation on November 3rd to discuss Mouse and, more importantly, this moment in time. We hope you'll all join us at the Harold Washington Library. We're also excited to announce that. We're partnering with the American Library Association and the Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events to make more than a statement of our freedom to read, designating our 81 libraries as book sanctuaries, increasing access to challenge books, and calling on libraries and residents across the country to partner with us. We're also working with famed Chicago artist, Theaster Gates, to install an art installation piece celebrating our freedom to read in the Harold Washington Library Center. We know we'll all get to come by and and take a look at it. We hope you'll join the resistance by visiting the booksanctuary.org. One Book One Chicago and Book Sanctuary, they bring us together through diverse voices, but I want to end on how we're serving the next generation. Helping them find their voice. So our U Media program, launched by First Lady Amy Eshelman, is a network of learning labs in over in 29 locations, where students have a chance to connect with mentors, librarians, learn from each other, and discover their talent. We provide youth with technology, space for collaboration, production. Performance and Exhibition. I know everyone in here has probably heard of Chance the Rapper and No Name. These are Umedia alum that use this program as a platform. But maybe some of our lesser-known alumni are like Gustav, who studied film at Umedia and is now a CPS film teacher, bringing his students back to that same space so they can benefit from the program that served him. And Brandon an independent film and video producer, one of three recipients of the Sundance Institute's Roger Ebert Fellowship for Film Criticism. In high school, Brandon won an HBO Everyday Heroes Award. And where did he, where did he donate that award to? The $5,000 went back to Umedia. I don't know who else in this room in, in a high school would have donated $5,000, <laughs> but um, I think it speaks to the impact. U-Media is reaching students now making world-class music, poetry, and videos. It's a successful successful program that's expanded to dozens of libraries across the country, even internationally, even into museums. But we have many programs that boost academic achievement and student advancement. Like our summer at CPL, right? Our kids did all this reading during the school year. And what happens during the summer? They participate in summer at CPL. They keep those skills fresh to combat the summer slide, engaging our city in millions of minutes of reading every year. Our teacher in the library that provides tutoring in person for free all throughout our city. And our Chicago Teen Gamers Guild and our Shy Teen Live Fest. These are programs created for and by Chicago youth. Before I close out, I'm excited to announce a major step forward in how we're serving our youngest learners, how we're deepening our partnership with Chicago public schools. This October, we're we're launching the 81 Club, one card, 81 locations with unlimited resources, providing teachers and students with thousands of digital content and resources inside the classroom and simplifying our card sign-up process to remove barriers, providing immediate borrowing privileges, and connecting the kids coming in our libraries to after-school programming and homework help. I want to thank CPS CEO Pedro Martinez and his team for helping us empower our youngest future leaders to make the most of that library visit. I know we have some CPS members of of that team in, in with us today, and we want to just thank you for all the support to make this possible. I also want to thank our CPL staff, particularly Mary Ellen Mesner, our first deputy. And Julie Kozlowski, who's been project managing this important initiative. And our FCB partners for helping us magnify and amplify this important program. Many people have contributed to our city's world-class library. From Queen Victoria's Gift, to Cindy Pritzker establishing our foundation, to Vivian Harsh championing African American voices. To so many of you... Who are here in this room next year we're 150 years young and celebrating this storied legacy we'll be having special anniversary activities a podcast from cpl in partnership with award-winning production company prx a new authors in the library series to bring world-relevant authors into chicago launching of course a special edition library card and having birthday celebration in all of our neighborhoods. I hope you leave here today inspired about what our city has created together, more aware of how we amplify access throughout all of our neighborhoods, how we're making decisions that center people for our children, our grandchildren, and our great-grandchildren, how we are leading from the library and now that you've seen my embarrassing childhood photo and um we're all now library friends i want to invite you to our library foundation awards virtual broadcast on october 19th we always do a am- foundation has an amazing job with a slate of speakers and this year is uh in that mold we'll be having uh, pulitzer prize winning playwright tony kushner Top Chef and Author Rick Bayless, Urban Historian and TikTok Sensation Sherman Dilla Thomas, and you can find out more on the library's website. I want to thank City Club for having me today. I'm just one of our many library leaders, but my commitment to this city and our libraries is as strong as what I'm learning is our collective dislike of ketchup on hot dogs, and I hope to do it justice. Thank you.
1: Oh, you get your water. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, Commissioner Brown. No, 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 no. He said, Do I hop off? (laughs) No. So I'm going to allow a couple more questions to come up if anyone has some. Um, I do have to say that, you know, I told you that I would get to get my four books and I'd have to go. It's because I'm pretty loud. Yeah, I'm really loud. I have a real big mouth, and the whole bit. And I heard like librarians over there like cheering and woohoo. And I was like, "Are you supposed to be like quiet in the library? At least not anymore." Well, then I'm coming back to the library because I heard Mary Ellen. She was like woohoo. I was like, "No, librarians are quiet." Were you quiet in the library? I'm surprised I became a librarian. Okay. See. Okay. Sorry. Um. So many cool things that he's talking about and I'm just grateful that you know you're sharing it at City Club it means a lot to us I'm going to dig right into these questions um, while you guys have your lemon cookies and coffee so Dan Gibbons who was not here earlier who is our vice chair Dan can you wave your hand he humbly waves his hand like that he has a really good question. Dan, actually, his his real job is at Clayco Show, um, but we do spend a lot of time here at City Club. He says, can you expand on the library of things concept and has it been implemented in other cities? Uh,
3: good question. Um, it has. And um, we're going to find a way, though, to lead in Chicago to do something different with those things. But there's like Music, production equipment that you can lend, instruments, all kinds of things, uh, tool lending libraries. But we're gonna figure out what Chicagoans need most, what they need in different different neighborhoods to make it unique to Chicago.
1: Thank you. Jasmine, you might have to help me with this question. Where are you Jasmine Pizana Luna? Okay, so thank you. Jasmine is part of Kids First Chicago, but you probably already knew that, didn't you? Yeah. That was for everybody else. Uh, And I would try to say this organization, but my Spanish is very much lacking, so. Luciano... Thank you. Knowing equity is important for Chicago public libraries and the importance of libraries and communities, how will you ensure local communities' identity and identities are needed and and needs are centered? As community members from back of the yards, we do not want to concoction, a co-location with housing units.
3: Good to see you all. I know they came to our board as well. And um, what I really appreciate is the passion for what libraries look like in your neighborhood. That's definitely clear. Um, I think it's having those public meetings, making sure that we're widening who we're hearing from, right. And, and getting that feedback and it's important feedback. We do want to make sure that, uh, the shape and the aesthetics and the design of our libraries really reflect our neighborhood. So I think we need to have more meetings and, uh, more dialogue, yeah.
1: Thank you. Okay, so Consuelo, I, did that kind of cover your question as well? Where are you? Did that kind of cover your question as well? No, no, no. This is, uh, this is good for me as well. So I'm going to need your help because, again, if I tried to read this, I, I know about 12 words. So please, please tell me what your question is mi pregunta en español es yo vivo en el barrio de las Empacadoras en el sur de Chicago soy de de bajos ingresos como muchas de las familias ahí y me gustaría preguntarle a a, a, la persona ¿cómo él nos va a ayudar a tener equidad en mi comunidad? para construir una biblioteca pública independiente donde los niños los padres, los adultos los jóvenes so i like um, Thank you. So my name is Consuelo. Um, I live in, in the Yards, um, a low-income um,
2: neighborhood like many other
1: families that um, reside there. Um, my question for you, Commissioner, is how would how will you help, help us have equity by having an independent a library uh, so that all of our community, including our youth, our elders, and ourselves can. That's a good question. Research. Okay, it's a good okay. question. And there's a little bit right there.
3: Oh, um, thank you. Well, definitely hear you loud and clear. Um, you want your standalone library in back of the yards. Um, you know I... <laughs> You know, I think, I think we might even want to go and do a tour because we have a number of co-locations and we have a number of single standalone libraries. And so I think it might be valuable to see the different sites um, and to, to see how they've been implemented in different areas of our city. But definitely hear you. Um, it's something that you are, are fiercely interested in. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Thank you for the question. Bob Winslow, I think you know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Bob is from the Chicago Public Library Foundation. Does he chair? Yes. Okay, so a chair. He says, clearly, a shameless question. How can we support programs like Umedia, Teacher in the Library, and Life from the Library? <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you roll, Mr. Winslow.
3: <laughs> well, money always helps. But um, I think also joining like getting involved with the foundation we want our civic leaders to um, not only be contributing financially but I think we have a relationship with our foundation that is a true partnership where we benefit from all the thought leaders that come through that group so uh, short answer funding always helps but we also want more relationships
1: I think the relationships are key. You've got Maria Wen, Andrea Sanz. I mean, the name, the list goes on. There are so many, like, heavy brain people in this room today. The real smart people are here, obviously, for lunch. Um, clearly, clearly, the, uh, funding matters. Um, I don't know how anything runs without funding. So I like the way you played that, Mr. Winslow. I'm taking a page from your book, sir.